0: up on this week's episode of the doctor's pharmacy
1: what you just said is a front page new york times story
0: hi i'm kea perot one of the producers of the doctor's pharmacy podcast you might be surprised to learn that there is a major monopoly when it comes to seeds globally over a third of all seeds are in the hands of just three companies in this mini episode dr hyman sits down with mastermind chef and regenerative agriculture advocate dan barber Together, they discuss the importance of seeds and why Dan supports a hedonistic approach to changing the way we grow food.
2: Some of the biggest problems we have are, are solvable mm. by actually rethinking how we grow food. And that's really what you're, you've come to as a chef is solving the problem of hedonism. You have to go back to the farm and the seed and the soil and the yeah. way we grow food. Definitely. It's a very empowering message. Now, I want to go into the seed company thing for a minute because you know most people don't understand that there's a seed monopoly out there that yeah. the centralization of seed creation and production and and the selling of seeds is happening at scale globally and is undermining local farmers and food producers all over the world yeah. and most of them around the world are women and small landholders yeah. or farm
1: what you just said is a front page new york times story and i don't know why this <laughs> is more i mean the 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 seed industry is now consolidated to the point that any new variety of seed that is developed, sixty-eight percent, sixty-eight percent is in the hands of three companies. Monsanto. So, so, so nearly seventy percent of the future of our food is in the hands of three companies.
2: Which is Monsanto and
1: well, Monsanto's just been bought by by, du- by, by, by Bear. Bear, yeah. And there's Dupont, and then there's ChemChina. So there's yeah. there's three big players now. I mean, next time we talk, there might be two. Uh, but that is a frightening reality because that because if you if you do, and I think you should look at seeds as the blueprint for the whole system, then you're talking about these companies controlling the system. This is not just a seed that doesn't taste good or that lacks nutrition or whatever. It's a blueprint for how you're supposed to farm. And that's what scares me is that you're you roll out everything from the amount of acreage that it should go on, the where it should be grown, um, you know, forget rotations. It's not not in that, but that whole baked all the way to the processor is what we're talking about. That's how baked in it is. Yeah. That's a monopoly. You don't want what? What I find most interesting is that the three companies we just mentioned are not seed companies; they're chemical companies. Yeah,
2: they're creating seeds to sell their chemicals, right? I mean, like the it's what per- Roundup yeah. Ready yeah. seeds they call it. Yeah, so-
1: and what incentive do you have in that scenario to create a strong seed that doesn't need the chemical intervention? I, yeah, and there's none. And that's where it's the David and Goliath story. It's like, that's crazy. And people don't understand that because there's so much mixed messaging and because people don't think of food as... As seed driven. (laughs) You know, we think too much of it actually as farm and soil driven, even though, God, we should be thinking more about smaller farms and diversified farms and biodiverse farms and soil and regenerative farms. They're all important, but the seed is the blueprint for how that stuff gets into play. And that's where, that's why I went to the seeds because you can can have the best farmer, like this guy, Klaus Martens, I was mentioning at the beginning, I went to visit, the most, the best rotations, the most regenerative and biologically diverse soil. If you have a seed that doesn't have the genetics to be expressed, then what are we talking about? Yeah, You cannot have a delicious oat or a delicious carrot that has a bad seed, grown in bad soil, probably wasn't grown locally, probably wasn't picked at the right moment. None of those things can happen and have a delicious jaw-dropping experience. It's impossible.
2: of it what's beautiful is that it, is it when you focus on hedonism, It solves the world's problem. It gets people healthier. It fixes the the, soil. That's the ticket to this movement. I think it's hopeful because, you know, while it may seem fringy or esoteric or uh, on the margin, it actually is putting a crack in the whole agricultural system and a crack in our thinking about food. And when you combine that with these other huge trends we're seeing, which is, The decline of our health as a species and the obesity and diabetes epidemics and the decline of our environment and the climate change we're experiencing and all the economic burden that comes from that. I mean, this is a global problem that has solutions, but they start at the farm and yeah. we have to rethink that.
1: Yeah, no, that's very well said, It's yeah, true. We really. have to create a culture that appreciates that and really appreciating it through truly great food, truly great flavor is one one way to to upend the paradigm that we have now. We are now going out to eat more and more, and this isn't just white tablecloth restaurants on down, for an experience that is unique to the region. And and that's where the power of the culture comes into play. We have to breed for that, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Because that's also where the healthiest seeds are going to come from, the culture, but the environment. What is specific about the region's soil and microclimate that will make this seed thrive? And can we can we breed for it? The, I don't know how to make money doing that. That's the mm. question. Yeah. Because no seed company does this. Seed companies don't. They're not interested. They're actually in one size fits all. I want the seed to work the exact same in New York, California, Michigan, Texas, Canada, Mexico, India, China. And that boy, you have to dumb down the genetics to do that. That much I know. And flavor is just tamped down. Everything is tamped down. But my point is if you eat the diversity that's required in the organic system, you not only have this incredible array of flavors and nutrition at your disposal, but you also have the regeneration of the soil, which is true sustainability. So that's, I just think the ticket, is this is this deliciousness and this, this celebratory hedonistic <clears throat> look at food which is so interesting because that's what cuisines and cultures have taught us over time
0: for thousands of years seeds were saved and exchanged as part of community self-preservation sadly between 1903 and 1983 we lost an astonishing 93 percent of our unique seed varieties this resulted in more than just a lack of selection at the market Seed diversity complements soil diversity, and unique seed varieties allow farmers a better chance at a productive harvest. This doubles as a form of insurance. If one crop doesn't grow as hoped, there are others to fall back on. Conventional agriculture embraces monoculture, meaning one crop may be grown over thousands of acres, and then the same thing is grown again after harvest. This depletes the nutrients in the soil and puts the farmer at risk should something threaten that particular crop. It also perpetuates a farmer's reliance on government subsidies. By cultivating seeds based on flavor and variety and supporting growers who are passionate about regenerative agriculture, not only will our food taste better, but we will begin to shift the food system in exciting and positive new directions. Thank you for tuning in to this mini episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Until next time.